0: Let's listen to this, can we? Just set the mood?
1: No. Banging beats, getting broads, then we're gonna go trick-or-treating with the beat and the feet. Uh, stab a bitch in the face, get your eyes on your blades. Here we go, mess that up.
0: Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was terrible. <laughs>
1: Welcome to A Cast With No Name. We're your hosts. I'm Jay. And I'm Matt. This is episode 27. This episode will discuss our top five Halloween movies. Mm. Mm. Favorite and or best movies. Best Halloween movies. But uh, but first, don't forget to visit our website, castwithknownname.com, where you can write to our email, uh, comment on episodes, all that good stuff. So... Continuing our scary movie month, yes, themed, ish. The season is upon us. Yes, the the weather's <laughs> crisper. The oh, pumpkin that's great. spice lattes are flowing. I love it. So uh, I love sweater weather. Yeah, we it's talked comfy. about.
0: Yeah, it is comfy. It just makes you want to curl up with a DVD. You hear strange. You hear strange noises at night, like me. and You just heard what? The, I mean, what the hell was that? Yeah, those uh, are <laughs> two owls banging it out, and. Uh, which is okay. It's okay. It's a circle of life. When love is there, you just let it go. It's fucking weird. <laughs> it is weird. <laughs> the noises were crazy. <clears throat> but yeah, how did you make your top five? I <laughs> we I did. didn't really talk about like yeah, uh, so criteria
1: or whatever. I had trouble with this because I'm not a big I know you're not big horror guy. So I was going back and forth. I first I I thought I was like, well. It'll just be movies uh, that I typically watch around Halloween. Uh-huh. and But then I didn't want to do that because I know eventually we're going to be doing a top five favorite horror films. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want those to end up being the same movies that gotcha. I talked about. So I was trying to find something different. And then I was like, well, maybe I'll let me Google movies that take place in and around Halloween. And it was a bunch of movies I've never even watched, like Trick or Treat, and right. some like just random movies I just never watched because I, I wasn't, I've never been interested in seeing um, because I'm not a big horror fan. So the way I went about it, I kind of, they're not, I mean, they're, I have them ranked, I think, in far as order of importance. Okay. Um, but and points to what halloween somewhat so all all the movies i picked take place around halloween all right and but i they're not tipi- like some of them i don't even really consider halloween movies like there's one on my list that for some reason i i associate with christmas but it doesn't huh. take any anywhere- and i think it's mainly the music but um so what I did was I just kind of picked five movies that took place around Halloween. I don't necessarily watch during Halloween, um, but take place around Halloween and kind of make me give me that fall feeling. OK, um, fair enough. So it, it's kind Knowing of all over the place. W- but when I made my top five, I did notice they are in different genres. So that's kind of they take place around Halloween. And there's something there for everybody. So, right. Right. yeah so it's it's kind of a just a mishmash mishmash and just a cop-out of a list that's fine that's fun uh and we can go into honorable mentions that i mean like well like et that's probably my favorite quote-unquote movie that i watch around halloween i always watch it around halloween i already had et on my top five alien movies right I didn't want to talk about that again, but, and there's only one scene in there that takes place on Halloween. Right. Correct. Everything else is just, I mean, it just happens to be there. Right. Um, it's, it's a, not, it, it's not really integral <clears throat> to the story. So
0: it's a good plot, like, uh, a plot scheme because it's an alien. You can dress him up. Yeah. He can go out into the world, explore a little bit. No one's going to know the better.
1: Yeah. It's kind of, um, uh, a bit that right. they did. It's a bit. So, um, but yeah,
0: cool. Well, I uh, made my list kind of how you originally thought you were going to make yours. The movies that I normally watch around Halloween mm-hmm. that I, <clears throat> and you're right, I, w- I know we're doing a top five horror movies, so I didn't, all all of them aren't scary. Mm-hmm. Actually, none of them are particularly scary, but I do watch them around Halloween, and it's the only time I really watch them. I don't watch them any any other time of the year. Yep. So I just, my my top five favorite movies that I watched during the month of October. Okay. That's pretty much it. I like it. One of them has absolutely nothing to do with Halloween Halloween at all. It's not even in the movie. That's all right. (laughs) It happens. Yeah. What are you going to do?
1: Yep. That's all right.
0: Well. Yeah. Do you want to start? Sure. Okay, cool. I'll start. Number five, a family movie. Yes. Casper. Hey.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That happens to be. My number four. No shit. Yeah. There you go. So, and this is the movie that I said that for some reason, I think it's, like, I, I associate it with a Christmas movie. and Oh, really? But it, it doesn't take place during Christmas. No. It leads up to the night of Halloween. It does. Yeah. And But I think it's the score. Um, it's very good. Yeah. It's and really good. James Horner. James Horner, yep. And overall, I think the movie is a lot better than what it should have been, because it if it made it a lot better. If it was made now, it would be god-awful horrible. But um, but yeah, I think it's the music and the story of Casper's death. He's sledding. There's a lot of winter elements oh, associated okay. with it. I so you. I think that's kind of why I associated it with a little bit with uh Well, it's the whole
0: scene where she sets up his room and it feels like the morning of Christmas. Mm-hmm. So I yep. see what you're saying. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. So, why do you have it as
1: your uh, number
0: five? I, it's one of the movies i watch around october all mm-hmm. the time and it's nostalgic it was one of my favorite movies growing up as a kid because i mainly because i had a crush on christina ricci you know yep. 10 years it? old who, who didn't it? It? you know uh but you know it always made me laugh it was entertaining i liked uh the story itself about um i know even though you're not a ghost is like a young kid you know the, the story of trying to get the girl mm-hmm. that always resonated with me and yep. uh you know it's just a fun movie it's 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 funny at the time the effects themselves were like i wouldn't say ahead of their time but they were pretty good but being a 10 year old there's no, there weren't a lot of movies out there that looked like that mm-hmm.
1: and i think that was cuz i mean that that came out in 95 yeah and it didn't it, it was obviously computer animation but i'm thinking this was probably the next movie that incorporated as much with live action as, mu- as much as uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit did, um, yeah. I mean, there was probably what Cool World, uh, cool a couple World. other movies that had animation involved in it. But to the extent interacting with the actors as much, the live action actors, I think it was probably one of the next ones that came out. Yeah,
0: and there were, there were CGI characters too, not 2D mm-hmm. drawn animation. So, because this is around the same time, Toy Story came out in '95. Yep. So yeah, not a lot of movies out there with CGI effects incorporated in the movie. So it was pretty unique in that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. You know, the the movies that remind me of this movie in terms of like the tone and the family aspect of it was like Dennis the Menace. Mm-hmm. Remember that movie with Walter yep. Matthau and Christopher Lloyd? Yep. And Richie Rich, kind of like those PG movies that it was live action, and there was a star in it. Yeah, and it kind of try to capitalize on that. Uh, just uh, like it's a movie about kids. It's for kids. It's marketed towards kids. But there's they, not really a lot of movies like that anymore? Mm-hmm. But in the early to mid '90s, there's a lot of movies that came out. Yeah, because like you that. had
1: Page Master, you had yeah. A, yeah, just a bunch of those kinds of movies that um were just yeah all over the place. Well, I think
0: <clears throat> at that time, you know, Pixar wasn't a thing, mm-hmm. and. The Disney Renaissance was happening. I think just studios are trying to go for that same market, but not the 2D animation route. Yeah, So they were those, trying those to took come years up with to be able to create
1: right. to where you could start churning these out once a year. Yeah. And yeah.
0: Tom and Huck, mm-hmm. Adventures of Huckle- Huckleberry Finn. Yeah. Man of the
1: House. All the all Jonathan, that shit. Taylor Thomas. Yeah, movies. it was coming out.
0: All yeah, all the all the JTT movies. Yeah, that's right. I remember Wild America. Do you remember that movie yep. with mm-hmm. Devin Sawa, who's in Casper, by the way? Yep mix a cameo uh, but yeah that was those are the movies that you know we grew up on that were tailored t- towards us they were coming out all the time and this one just jumped out mm-hmm. all the time as one of my favorite ones
1: yeah I you touched on it a little bit uh Casper the ghost trying to get the girl um the I mean and I made a reference that this movie is a lot better than what it should have been just because it touches on I mean it has that the first love. Like that kind of explores that feeling. Um, but it also deals with a lot of heavy stuff. Oh yeah. Uh, grief, uh, letting loved ones go. Yeah. Death, what it means to die Mm -hmm. and, um, and not, I mean, sacrifice. I mean, it deals with a lot of heavy themes and it's all mixed in in the same movie with fart jokes and belching (laughs) and just slapstick comedy and everything else. Um, yeah, lowbrow humor for sure. Yeah, and but it with the subject matter that it deals with, there's a lot of important lessons that I think that mm-hmm. that movie incorporated that I think elevated it quite a bit. Yeah, um, and the score I think is that's every time I think of this movie, that's the first thing I think of, and just so I'm I'm sure everyone listening to this has seen Casper. But James Horner's score is amazing, like a kids movie that, like, some Disney, whatever movie geared towards kids, other than a superhero movie. I mean, you're not gonna have that kind of a score. No. Um, associated yeah, it amps with that it movie. up. It amps it up pretty good. Yeah. But oh,
0: well, um, is this is this your clip? Yep that's that's my clip. All right, let me.
1: That's good, yeah, it's really good, and I mean, it that, that's a uh, Casper's Lullaby, mm-hmm. and uh, they that's kind of like the theme of the movie because he explains yeah. his the story of his death to that song and everything else. But the uh, that's the first thing I think of is that that piano, just the yep. two note or the three or four note, it's it's very, very good, um, yeah. and do you think they thought that they were going to get James Horner to do this when <laughs> they pitched the movie? I don't know if Steven Spielberg, like, he owed him a favor yeah, or something. But I yeah. looked at James, James Horner's uh, record as far as, like, what he made music for everything. Mm. And, I mean, the other stuff— so, to that point? Yeah. I mean, up to that point, past that point. I mean, he did Ransom. He did okay. Casper. He did— um, This is
0: before uh, Titanic, 97, yeah, yeah, where this, he just yep. kind of— Took over.
1: Oh, yeah. It was in everything.
0: Um, He, uh, I mean, I guess before he was the go to composer. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And there's very few uh, composers, I feel like, that kind of gave that effort or still give that effort Mm -hmm. to a movie as small as what this would have been. And the music for that movie, I think, is just (laughs) phenomenal. Like, it didn't need to be in this movie. Yeah. But he nailed it. And, uh, but he was also able to go, like, the other score with this film, you have the spooky elements and it kind of mm-hmm. seems more Halloweeny and more haunting and everything else. So he has, he has that wide range, but, um, him being able to handle that score and then move into a tone that's more sentimental or more dramatic, uh, nails yeah. it.
0: Yeah. It's one of the most well-balanced family movies. Um, cause I watched it with, with my kids, mm-hmm. Liam and Lincoln. And as I'm watching it, I started to think, "Wow, this is some heavy thematic material that I'm putting these guys through right now." <laughs> I'm like, do I really want to watch this with my five and seven year old? He's talking about dying in a sleigh accident, and then, uh, you know, Bill Pullman's wife comes, you know, down from heaven, and Link, or Liam asked me, "Is she an angel?" And he starts asking me about, like, did Casper die? And I'm like, oh, my God, I don't want to have this conversation right now with him. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. T- pay attention to the fart jokes and the, you know, the stinky jokes, all that stuff that you're mm-hmm. supposed to laugh
1: at. And, yeah, and it it does great story-wise because it talks about, and not to get into spoilers or anything, because if you haven't seen it, go ahead and watch it with your family or just watch it by yourself. But, I mean, you have um, Casper dies as a child Mm -hmm. and his father can't handle the loss. So he dedicates the rest of his life as an inventor Mm -hmm. to create a machine that would hopefully bring back his son, bring his son back to life. And, but at the same time you have Christina Ricci's father, Bill Pullman. She, Christina Ricci's character lost cat, lost her mother, Bill Pullman lost his wife. And he is a, Ghost. Th- he was a therapist beforehand, yeah. and now he's a ghost psychiatrist or a yep. ghost therapist. And just for the simple trying to connect with his wife again at the expense of the relationship with his child. Yeah, and um, I mean, yeah, deals with a lot of heavy things. Yeah. and but it, it handles it very, very well. Yeah. But it doesn't undercut it or gloss over it. I mean they they hit the notes that they need to hit with that movie, and I think it's.
0: It's well done, and the yeah. performance is really good. Bill Pullman does a great job of being that like bumbling kind of uh, oaf, or mm-hmm. just kind of you know being Bill, P- Bill Pullman. Yeah. And then when the scene when his wife comes down and he he turns into like dramatic actor Bill Pullman, where he just acts with his eyes, and I'm like Jesus, mm-hmm. this guy knows how to act pretty good. Yep. Uh, and it's just it comes out of left field in a movie like this where you're just not ex- you're just not expecting it, and especially watching it over uh being older with kids like the whole you know casper's dad dedicating his life after you know he died to bring him back you know you start to like oh man you know it starts to hit harder Mm -hmm. now that you have kids and everything when before when you watch when you're 10 you just kind of gloss over that you're just you're just focused in on hey casper hopefully he gets a chance with you know christina ricci you know maybe he can get the girl at the end of this yeah
1: yeah and and not too many kid movies. I mean, I don't watch a lot of kid films I mean, other than Pixar yeah. films or maybe Disney animated films. A lot either. of them, other the exception of Pixar, a lot of them don't make elements for adults Mm-mm. to be able to grasp onto and enjoy at the same time along with their children. It's usually one-sided.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah, and I, I love the, the cameos in this. Oh, yeah. There's some great stuff. I got a clip here that is just... Probably my favorite one. I'm going to kill you, your mama, and all her bridge-playing friends. You think
1: you got it tough? I got a facelift. There was one just like it underneath.
0: Mm. So, if you haven't seen the movie, there's a scene where Bill Pullman gets possessed by the ghostly trio, and he's washing his face. He looks in the mirror, and then he transforms into Clint Eastwood, mm-hmm. and he says that line that I appreciate more as I get older because it's hilarious. "I'm gonna kill you, your mama, and all our bridge playing friends." I never know what he said when I was younger. Like, what did he say? And I didn't know how to turn on subtitles at the time, mm-hmm. but then you realize what he says, and it's it's just funny. And then with Mel Gibson there, yeah, or he's, he's just like devishly devilish, mm. handsome Mel Gibson. And then obviously The Crypt Keeper, for our youngins out there, there's a show called Tales from the Crypt that was immensely popular in the early 90s. Um, I think if kids saw it now, they wouldn't even know yeah, what that not. is. Yeah, it's kind of episodic yeah. TV show, just yeah. more horror-based, yep. just shorter stories, like mm-hmm. half-hour episodes. Anthology or, kind of yep. stuff.
1: And uh, yeah, Rodney Dangerfield. You had more. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was also in the mirror. He, but then you had uh, Dan Aykroyd making oh, a cameo. Here we go. Oh, you ready for oh, this one? Yeah,
0: that's another another one of my favorite cameos here.
1: Who are you gonna call? Someone else.
0: I mean that's a nice touch. Yeah, that's that's cool.
1: I mean, was, I remember watching that the first time, because Ghostbusters, obviously, yeah, you know, yeah, one of my faves. And then just seeing that character again, I was like, whoa! And the course yeah. of course, that made me think it's like seeing the same, not same universe, because I wasn't thinking in terms of that. Oh, like, yeah, oh, yeah. he lives in the same world as as, as Casper. Casper, yeah, and. Um, but yeah, the amount of cameos that they had for that movie. Yeah. Again, way
0: too many for that. It's <laughs> for such this. a random movie. And
1: like, I know. oh yeah, I was able to get Mel Gibson
0: and Rodney Dangerfield. and Well, like you said, Steven Sp- uh, Amblin produced this movie, right? Mm-hmm. Amblin Entertainment. Yep. So maybe Steven Spielberg just called on some favors. Yeah. They didn't do it for Brad Sieberling. I don't think he did anything up to that point. I don't think so. Yeah. He followed up with uh, Lemony Snicket's. and uh, have, you seen, have you seen The Land of the Lost? The Will Ferrell Danny McBride. I have not. It's awful. Your sister enjoys it. It is one of the dumbest, <laughs> least funny Will Ferrell movies out there. The uh, She she wants me to watch it, so
1: I will be watching it sometime soon. All right, well, and I pray for your soul. She she had it on. At, uh, uh, she has movies on whenever she falls asleep, yeah, yeah. so I got this big, bright, blinding light in my face <laughs> when I'm yeah. trying to sleep. And Land of the Lost was on, I think, a couple nights ago or whatever. Right. And uh, she's like, oh, did you ever see this? And I'm like, no.
0: She's like, oh, it's pretty good. We'll have to watch it. And I'm like, all right. Yeah. So, oh, you're being nice. Yeah. Well, just be be a good husband and watch yeah. it with her. Yeah. The things I do for I know. your sister. I know. Oh, I'm a saint. You are. <laughs> that To her to her uh, credit, it is a good movie to fall asleep to. Yeah. <laughs> there you go.
1: It's the best movie to fall asleep to. That's right. It is.
0: But and I also like uh, like here's this joke here from the movie that would not play well today, but I appreciate it because this is the nineties. I feel like Oprah on hiatus. (laughs) You look like Oprah on hiatus. (laughs) Now, it's it's small, but uh, an Oprah fat joke. I don't know if it would do well in a in a kitty movie nowadays. What do you think, Jay?
1: Exactly. Why do you fat shame? Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Well, that she's too powerful now. She is now. The, uh and She is Back powerful. then, she just had her TV show. I know. She wasn't billionaire. Oprah. Yeah.
0: Building schools. Pushing Dr. Oz and Dr. <laughs> Phil Dr. and Phil. all
1: these other people that aren't real fucking doctors.
0: <laughs> well, Dr. Oz is running for Senate in Pennsylvania.
1: Not anymore, I don't think. Oh, God. <laughs> no, I think he got his ass handed to him. No, oh, did he? I think
0: so. Oh. I don't follow him enough to really care. The, uh... Yeah, this is, it's yeah, a it's a movie. good movie. Yeah, so that's your number five. That's my number five. All right. That wow, was, I didn't, th- I didn't think we were going to talk about Casper for twenty. minutes. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, that was my number four. So okay, cool. My number five. Yeah. Is so, I, I ended up, and I didn't do this on purpose. It just happened to be this way. Each of my ones are different genres. So Casper mm. was my family comedy. Okay. Uh, centered around Halloween. My number five is, uh, the Crow, and ooh. The Ooh. and I watched this quite a bit when I was younger. Um, The Crow, if you're not aware, it's a 1994 film uh, starring Brandon Lee, the mm-hmm. son of Bruce Lee. It was Brandon Lee's final film. It's based on a comic book, it's pretty much an action revenge, revenge action film. Yep, and what happens is in the first five minutes, you learn Brandon Lee and uh, who plays a character called Eric Draven? Draven, 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 Draven. You with the names. Me with the names. Jesus. And so Eric, <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> uh, and his fiancee Shelly, on Devil's Night, which is the night before Halloween, mm-hmm. um, a gang breaks in and uh, they go to quote unquote evict Shelly, his fiancee, and they start messing up with her apartment they beat her and they end up raping her mm-hmm. and then Eric comes home and then they see him they kill him so both of them die one year later Eric comes back from the dead yep to exact revenge so through
0: the crow through the crow that's right
1: so based on a comic book um and I picked this one because it's felt very it's very 90s it is it's on the Cusp of, I mean, some of the action is dated, but for it's a good if you want a movie that takes place around Halloween, has some Halloween elements, it's um, it's just a good revenge, it is action, shoot 'em up movie, yeah. And I agree, uh, but it has Brandon Lee, Ernie Hudson, and uh, Michael Wincott. Who, Love Michael Wincott. Yep. He was in Nope recently. Yeah. I think that was the only thing he's
0: been in. Since The Crow. <laughs> yeah, since The Crow. <laughs>
1: um, but it's got a very good gothic atmosphere. Yeah. It makes um, it's a very dark city. It rains there all the time. It's very moody. Um, I have probably, arguably, one of the best movie soundtracks of the 90s mm. alongside Days Confused, Boogie Nights, Forrest Gump, The Bodyguard, and Lion King. Um, oh you're a bodyguard fan huh hey who isn't <laughs> and if you're not you're a fucking I th- communist I think it's the
0: best selling soundtrack of all time I think it is yeah
1: yeah the uh but yeah the action and the editing is a little bit dated mm-hmm. they do uh what I like to call slow motion of nothing which is it's it's oh. the typical 90s or 80s like when someone pops up out from the table and they're in slow motion oh yeah like yeah. you're standing up in slow like when you think about it it's just a literal ridiculous right 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 um but, um, but yeah, it, it's fun. The acting is a little like it kind of get borders on cartoonish, mm-hmm. But a lot of that cartoonish acting is mainly belonging to the gang members, uh, which I think works um, at times. Some other times it might come off a little odd, but um, they're they're evil people. They're not. They're not They're nice. Not nice. So, but no. it, it works with the overall setting. Um, and but yeah, you have Ernie Hudson. He plays a local police officer mm-hmm. that f- was on the scene when he when they found the couple that had been murdered. And uh, it's pretty good.
0: I love Ernie Hudson.
1: Yeah, he's 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 great. The And it's got
0: uh oh the guy from the Warriors that is so unique. I'm looking up his name right now. Oh, David Patrick Kelly. Yeah, the.
1: Why?
0: <clears throat> yes, that yep. guy. He's just weird. Mm-hmm. He's one of those like he's like Brad Dorif, where he's just weird. He is. He he he's a great character actor, yeah. and
1: actually, I have a clip, uh, with the scene just to kind of put you oh. like, I, I th- it's a good. I mean, there's action in it, and the action doesn't translate for an audio clip on a podcast mm-hmm. because I went through a couple other clips. I was like, what what should I pick? But this is pretty it, it kind of it's pretty good, it kind of sets the tone. Gotcha. Yeah, I remember
0: everything, but I don't know. What what? Oh what what are you talking about? No, 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 no. You mean that place downtown? Yeah, I remember her. We needed to put some fear into that little lady. She wasn't going along with our tenant relocation program. Their idiot boyfriend shows up and turns a simple sweep and clear into a total cluster. Fuck! Who gives a shit? It's ancient history.
1: Why? What do you want? What is it? What? Speak to me! Speak!
0: Did you send us these complaints? Come here. Abashed, <laughs> the devil stood, does it get you sweating? I know you.
1: Know you. I knew I knew you. I knew I knew you. But you ain't you.
0: You can't be you. We put
1: you through the window. There ain't no coming back. This is the really real world. There ain't no coming back. We killed your dad. There ain't no coming back.
0: There ain't no coming back. There ain't no coming back. The devil I awful goodness. I awful goodness. Now, I love David Patrick Kelly. If,
1: <laughs> if, if you haven't seen this movie, and I should have set <clears sucked throat> this up, that's a poor job on my part, but pretty much he is tied to the driver's seat of yeah. his T-Bird, and that's what his character's name is, his yeah. T-Bird. And Real creative there. Yeah, and <laughs> so he's tied to his driver's seat of the car. There's a bunch of explosive, explosives in the back that the crow is putting into the back of the trunk, and more or less interrogating him. And uh, he shows him his he shows uh, T-Bird his face, and that's when he recognizes that it was the same person he killed yep. the year prior. Um, but yeah, so, such a good actor, and he's and awesome. And I mean, in the cartoonist. Portions of it like when he's with his friends like t-birds with their friends or whatever they're mm-hmm. kind of over the top but it works because they're all kind of over the top yeah but then as the crow starts going to, to them one by one it it kind of gets more toned down to where when they start reali- realizing the gravity of the situation right that they're, they're gonna yeah they're gonna die here soon so but uh yeah i, I It's enjoyable. It's it's a fun action movie. It's um, got good villains. I think every
0: uh, guy our age in college had a crow poster in their college dorm room. Do you think? (laughs)
1: Absolutely. I also put
0: the only con other than Bruce or
1: Bruce Brandon Lee dying. Mm. The other con that I could think of. This did spawn a bunch of shitty cosplay Halloween costumes Mm. because I know I'm guilty of it. Because I Oh you did it? Oh yeah, I, I did it. I oh think boy. it was like eighth grade. And of course no one else in eighth grade, like maybe one or two other people in my grade saw walked, the saw the crow. Everyone else thought I was a mime, like an emo mime. <laughs> yeah, you and that's the mime. that's the joke because <laughs> yeah. when uh Brandon Lee is dressed up as the crow, looks badass. It sure does. When anybody else, whether that be <laughs> a normal person dressing up, or the sequels that they made to this movie, mm-hmm. they look horrible. Yeah, and um, but yeah, you just had a bunch of
0: people dressing up as the crow, and it just didn't didn't work. Didn't work, man. I do like the gothic uh, feel of the movie. It feels like Guillermo del Toro directed the movie. Mm-hmm. But yeah, again,
1: it- has a lot of that sense. It has a feels very much like a very a uh, DC kind of city, like mm-hmm. almost. Feel, it, like Gotham City could feel like this, which I feel like this city is worse than Gotham mm-hmm. just because there isn't a Batman to keep things in check.
0: Yeah, but there's no daylight in the movie. Yeah, there isn't. It's all in the dark. hmm Yep. Yeah. Alex Perius directed it. I like him. Have you ever seen Dark City? I have not. It's, it's very that's good. another gothic. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It's like a film noir gothic uh mystery. It's mm-hmm. pretty cool. I, I I it's very underrated. I don't think anybody's really seen it, but it's a. Uh, it's probably my favorite, Alex. I like it a little bit more than the Crow.
1: Yeah, there was a we had a, several goth groups in our high school, and they ended up watching this. Then they, ha- I would see a couple of them wearing Dark City t-shirts. Oh, and okay. Everything else, so
0: all right. Tragedy though, Brandon Lee would have been a huge action star, I w- for sure. Yeah, because he was still fairly young, mm-hmm. and he
1: was probably early thirties. I want to say he's probably right around the same age as Keanu Reeves. 28. 28. Yeah. So I feel Keanu Reeves might be a little bit younger than him, but I feel like, especially with some of the Renaissance as far as um, like the John Wick style movies, the raid and Mm -hmm. stuff like, I feel like Brandon Lee could have done some pretty cool stuff. And um, his acting was, he could have gotten better. I'm sure. Hopefully he wouldn't have gone by the way of Steven Seagal, but
0: yeah. Um, well, the jump from Rapid Fire, his first movie, to this, mm-hmm. you could already see that he, he was, was getting better. He was getting better at it, yeah. yeah. And yeah, there is only a couple
1: of scenes in The Crow that I am, I am kind of like, oh, mm, yeah. I would have got another take. Right, right, um, right.
0: His scenes with the little girl are pretty good. Yeah,
1: yeah, I, I thought he did great in that. Um, but yeah, so uh, The Crow,
0: great pick, it's, it's fun movie, good action. It is a great if, movie.
1: If it's Halloween, it's October. You want a revenge action movie that's also based on a comic book.
0: Booyah. yeah. There you go. There it is. I love it. Well, so my number 4, so we know you're number 4. Mhm. Casper. My number 4 is uh a movie that has nothing to do with Halloween. Beetlejuice. Yes. I don't know why I watch it during Halloween. It's cuz it's Tim Burton. But it's the only time I watch it. That's yeah. <clears throat> but yeah. It's a movie I love growing up with. I used to watch it all the time when I was a little kid, mm-hmm. I, along with the uh, Saturday morning Beetlejuice cartoon. I don't know if you remember that. Yep. On, on Fox Kids in the morning, early 90s. Uh, it's just one of those... It's probably my favorite Tim Burton movie, just because it blends his sensibilities well with an interesting story. Uh, the cast is awesome. I love the... Mm-hmm. I mean, from Alec Baldwin, Gina Davis, Michael Keaton, Jeffrey Jones, Catherine O'Hara... Winona Ryder. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people in there that I, I don't know if you could have cast it better. Mm-hmm. And then that uh, who's the guy who plays? Uh, I'll look it up here. He's in all these. Uh, Otho, yeah, Otho. Crap, he was in Demolition name? Man. That's right, he was. He's in he always played a supporting role in like early '90s, late '80s movies. He's in a bunch of them. Otho. I'm going to get it here. Glenn Shaddix. I swear we've talked about this guy. Probably. All right. Uh, I'm sure people have seen Beetlejuice. It's been talked about getting remade. I don't know for how long. Well, not remade, but a sequel.
1: Yeah, they talk. Yeah. Beetlejuice goes to Hawaii, which I thought (laughs) they had greenlit it. Uh, My brother actually sent me a text. I want to say like seven years ago. Mm -hmm. And it was Beetlejuice goes to Hawaii or something like that. Like Beetlejuice sequel gets greenlit. And I think my response to my brother was like, yeah, we'll see. And Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. And uh, because I think Michael Keaton was back on board okay. and everything else, but obviously it fell through for whatever reason, or it could have just been a rumor that was not even true. Uh, but yeah, they talked about doing a sequel for a while, which I think would be fun. I would, I want to see Michael Keaton in a comedy again. I yeah. think he's one of the funniest. He really is. Um my one of my favorite movies that he did is probably a lot of people's least favorite movies that he did, which is Multiplicity. Um, <laughs> I haven't seen that in forever. I love that movie. Yeah, the uh, just because it's, it's four Michael Keatons. Like, mm. what's what's better than one Michael Keaton? Right, I like all of them. But uh, but yeah, Beetlejuice
0: is. It feels like a movie that should have taken place on Halloween because mm-hmm. it's so just yeah. weird. That world is. I mean, when they when you go into the afterworld, mm-hmm. Alec, Alec Baldwin and uh, Gina Davis do the first time, and they meet all these characters with all these awesome makeup effects. It just uh, and there's always pictures of people dressing up on Halloween with all like the characters from that they meet in the waiting room. Mm-hmm. that They're waiting to, to yeah, the head, uh, the the he, the uh, headhunter. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just creative. It's inventive. It's funny. I mean, Michael Keaton is just hilarious. Every He chews up every scene that he's in. Mm-hmm. He's just hilarious. And, uh, I mean, the makeup is just... For that time... I mean, the movie won the Oscar for Best Makeup that year. Because uh, when did that come out? Was that... 88. 88?
1: Mm-hmm. That was... Yeah, that was right before Batman.
0: Yep. yep.
1: And... And yeah, I it, mean, every, I mean the, the scene in the mirror, I remember watching that as a kid and just being in awe because it was one of the first movies I remember to where they actually took you into the afterlife and yeah. saw that thing. And it, I've never wanted to draw a door on a wall and yeah. knock three times so hard in my
0: entire life. I was yeah. Like,
1: could that could that happen?
0: Right, right. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's kind of it's very tragic too. You don't realize it when you're watching it as a kid, and I don't even know why. I mean, this movie's PG, but it's should be PG-13 for sure. They even they haven't have an F bomb in there, and he goes to a he turns the Roach Motel into a a fucking hooker and a (laughs) A (laughs) whorehouse. I mean, come on, Adam, why'd you put? I didn't put that in there. (laughs) He did. I didn't do that. (laughs) Yeah, he gets all horny and he's got a fat gut and he's strutting down the street. (laughs) This is Michael Keaton thing yeah but uh the movie starts off with uh gina davis and uh you know being her sweet self mm-hmm. and then alec baldwin going to the paint store and they come back and they 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 uh drive into the, the river off a bridge and mm-hmm. they die and they don't realize that when they walk back and then they realize they're dead and they're trapped in the house and they can't get out it's kind of like you think about it that's just a tragic yeah <laughs> circumstance to be in you would think they would go to heaven or something and then why would they be caught between worlds and when you when you leave your door there's a there's a sandworm that's gonna eat you. Which is another thing. That's so weird. The sandworm? The sandworm thing. Yeah. I, Beetlejuice is a perfect
1: example of somebody let Tim Burton do whatever right. the hell he wanted.
0: Yeah, that's right. And it worked
1: out very, very well. Yeah. And I'm trying to think of another movie to where he could do whatever he really, really wanted and it didn't. Um But I can't really. I mean, maybe Ed Wood. But I—that's a pretty good movie, though. It is a good movie, but it just didn't have mass appeal. So, but it's not as unhinged as what Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice has like all of Tim Burton's art styles Mm -hmm. and every like he just threw everything that he liked into that movie to where I don't think he's really done.
0: I I I will say it feels like the most Tim Burton film. Maybe Edward Scissorhands. But Beetlejuice is more Tim Burton-y than even Edward Scissorhands mm-hmm. is. I would I would argue. You're right. I mean, it is no other person could direct Beetlejuice. Yeah. Like if you were to look at if, watch Beetlejuice right now, and he, if you he didn't say Tim Burton, then you don't watch movies. Mm-hmm.
1: And I don't know, I don't know who else. Yeah,
0: who would have been able to direct
1: it? Because th- Tim Burton can do comedy mm-hmm. very well. Yeah. And he can do horror or just weird very well. I don't know if I ver- weird very well. Yeah.
0: Um He can make he can put emotion behind the weird where you feel sympathy like you're watching mm-hmm. something weird but then he'll throw an emotional beat in there that comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Like in
1: hands. Beetlejuice felt like a playhouse which yeah was kind of funny because he directed Pee-wee. Um, it's like an adult version of a playhouse. Of Pee-wee's playhouse. Yep. Um yeah. yeah.
0: Can I show a clip of my favorite uh my favorite line in the movie? Yeah. Makes me laugh every time. Uh... You bunch of
1: losers! You're working with a professional here! Nice fucking model! I don't
0: know why. Makes me laugh every time. It feels like a it feels like a line that would just uh, they're like all right Mike just do your thing, yep. And then he just ad libbed the whole thing. It wasn't scripted.
1: Yeah, I actually I wouldn't be surprised if he like he went to kick the tree and it just happened to fall over. <laughs> right. And it and just he, he's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And just kind of ad libbed that. Yeah, but.
0: yeah. But it's just uh it's a good story. It's got a nice uh, ending to it. It ends so weird. Where he's trying to marry uh, Winona Ryder's character, Olivia. Yeah,
1: that. And I. <clears throat> is, is that just so he could be alive again? Yes. Okay.
0: Yes. So he could be in the real world yeah. Like, forever. Yeah. It's got some haunting images in it when they open that door to the room of lost souls. Yeah. It it's is. like a bunch of floating heads. And it, it reminded me of uh, when Frodo goes into the, the swamps and he sees all the dead soldiers. Yep. And mm-hmm. it's just unsettling and isn't that unnerving. where the suicides went yes yeah yep um just a weird thing to throw in there yeah. I mean they didn't need to have it in the movie it was just a uh, something to, to just creep more out world the, building right to creep out the audience mm-hmm. a little bit more and it kind of gave
1: more uh I guess gravity to where when um uh, oh what's one Winona writer's character name when she Olivia went, Olivia Mm-hmm uh, when she wanted to off herself and yeah, 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 give you re- that's well, true. That's what happens when you so
0: yeah, some heavy themes, but but yeah, all the
1: characters are Catherine <laughs> O'Hara. Oh yeah, I th- it's fantastic. Just the shitty artist.
0: Yes, pretentious shitty <laughs> yeah. artist. Yeah, moving from New York to the the countryside. And Jeffrey Jones. <laughs> I know the the exact opposite of her. <laughs> exactly. Like, why did she? Mar- why did he marry her? He's like he's, an arranged <laughs> marriage or something. He's bird watching and the bird's yeah. like
1: eating a thing of snot or yeah, whatever yeah. the fuck it it's, is. I think it's
0: a, de- it's a dead animal or something. Yeah. He goes, ugh. ugh. <laughs> it's, a, it's another Tim Burton thing. <laughs> like, only he would come up with something like that. But, uh, yeah, that's Beetlejuice. Yeah, It's great. It's funny. It's odd. Did you I show to it to the boys yet? No. Not yet. <clears throat> Maybe a couple years. I was going to say. It was like nine or ten. I watched it when I was probably nine. Nine or ten. I want to say, probably, I was five when that movie came out, so Mm -hmm.
1: it was shortly, I want to say, I might have been about eight, Yeah, I think, when I started watching it. I can't remember
0: Um, if I watched Beetlejuice first or if I watched the cartoon first.
1: Oh, I watched Beetlejuice first. You did? I I can't remember. Because I remember, because Beetlejuice in the cartoon, he wasn't as, like, because Beetlejuice in the movie, he's a little bit of a villain.
0: A little bit yeah he wasn't a, yeah he, he wasn't available at
1: all in the cartoon, he was
0: like, yeah, he was a, he was like the protagonist, he yeah, was like he's like, hey, bit. yeah, um, like the comic comic uh the comic uh not relief, but comic main character, mm-hmm. yeah, Beetlejuice is an asshole in this movie, yeah he's not <laughs> he's not a good not a good character at all, but yeah, so that was my number four, awesome,
1: well. Since my number four is Casper, I'll go on to my number three. Go ahead. So, my number three, in keeping with different... Happen to be keeping with different mm-hmm. genres. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number three is a sci-fi drama. So, my number three is Donnie
0: Darko from 2001. Really? Yeah. Is Is there a Halloween aspect in that movie? I haven't seen it in a long yeah, time. Yeah,
1: it ends on Halloween. Oh, does it? Yep. I still remember. the, uh, um, So... Another fantastic soundtrack. Um, yeah, I do remember that.
0: Madwin. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's.
1: Yeah, I think it introduced. Yeah, I mean, had The Cure, had Tears of Fears. It had, yeah. Um, a lot of stuff. But I remember, I mean, first of all, I mean, great acting. Yeah. Everywhere. Um, looking back on it, I mean, Jake Gyllenhaal did a great job acting in it for his day. Obviously, mm-hmm. he's gotten a lot better at acting. Um, his Some of his stuff kind of seems a little emo-y, but um, I remember when this movie came out, before the director's cut that, I guess, I've never seen the director's cut, but I guess it just spells everything out for you. Okay. I remember before the director's cut was released and before people really started watching the DVD extras, no one knew what the fuck happened in this movie. And Mm -hmm. it sparked a lot of conversation as far as what actually happened, what things meant, Did um, because it has a bunch of conversations as far as uh, time travel, parallel universes, God's will or free will, um, all that stuff. And I remember talking about it with one of my brother's friends just for hours because he had seen it. And he's like, oh, you haven't seen Donnie Darko yet? And I think I was a junior in high school. Yeah. And I was like, no. Um, watched it. But yeah, we just talk about like what everything meant and why why things happened the way they did. And all of our theories at the time, I feel like were more interesting than when I actually found out what it was. What because it was actually about. I went and bought the... Um, DVD, and they had the philosophy of time travel and the bonus features to where you it was just like it was just still screens, and oh. of the book, and if you read the passages, it explained everything. It didn't say, "Well, Donnie did that." It wasn't like that. It was just explaining the book that Donnie Darko had read, and I believe in the director's cut they have excerpts from the book, okay, like on the screen, then mm-hmm. it dissolves into the next never seen it but i saw a clip on youtube and i was like oh my god is that the oh fuck me no
0: <laughs> i was like that's that's bad i remember the old dvd days where uh the extras would have like like what you said like a, a page or yeah. whatever it was the least amount of data you could have on a dvd mm-hmm. while still having extra features and but the dvd
1: that i had bought which i think it might be the same one over there um cuz i don't know if i ever got it on blu-ray i had to end up going online to figure out what it read because when I put the page on screen, it's like they Can't blew up. It? You couldn't even see it. It was too mm-hmm. pixelated. You couldn't even read it. And I had to go online and read it, um, which I won't go into that. Um, yes, please. The, Let's go deep into <laughs> Donnie Darko philosophy. The uh, Because I mean, I think pe- people still make YouTube videos like, Oh, oh yeah. what did Donnie Darko mean? I'm like, how do people not fight? The movie came out like 20 years ago. I was like, yeah. how do you not know what happened by this point?
0: Isn't that crazy? It came out 20 years ago, yeah. 2001 i feel old
1: but the um jenna malone yep um jake gyllenhaal it's maggie gyllenhaal maggie gyllenhaal yeah it's got um, the swayze yep patrick <laughs> swayze uh has um i mean ton, uh, drew barrymore noah Wild, um yep but if you if you haven't seen it i would i would encourage it if you like sci-fi kind of thought-provoking ish mm-hmm. kind of stuff it's a uh it's a pretty good movie. I almost categorize this as a comic book movie because it was written to be similar, yeah. kind of like a comic book character, but, um, because you have the alliterative name, Donnie Darko, which is Peter Parker, Clark Kent. You have a lot yeah, of yeah, yeah. typical alliterative names in comic books. Um, but I learned that on the commentary. Um, as far as that was one of his fields that he wanted to go after, but I have a clip, uh, And this is the one that kind of puts you like some of the, like the thought provoking conversations in the movie. Um, And it does it really well to where once you get done watching the movie, it didn't spill everything out for you, but it also didn't, it wasn't ambiguous just for the sake of being ambiguous because you have some directors like, well, it means whatever the audience thinks it means, Mm. which I think is a cop out. The fact that he actually had Richard Kelly who wrote and directed this which is his first feature that he wrote and directed, which this movie is really good for a first-time oh, yeah. uh, director. The fact that he had this backstory and template and story in place to where I think the original cut that he released, if he was wanting the story to be clear, I think he missed the mark on that because it was slightly confusing because he didn't spill everything out. But I think that's kind of what makes it made the appeal of Donnie Darko at first because no one really knew what it meant, but they knew they liked the story and everything else. But uh, Well, each vessel travels along a vector uh, through space-time along its center of
0: gravity. Like a sphere. I beg your pardon? Like, like a spear that, that uh, comes out of your chest.
1: Um, sure, yeah. And in order for the vessel to travel through time, it's got to find a porthole, or in this case, a wormhole, or... Well,
0: could these portals, um... Could these portals just appear uh, anywhere, anytime? I think that's highly unlikely. No, I think what you're talking about is, um, an act of God. Well, if God controls time, then all time's are predecided I'm not following you. Like every living thing follows along a set path. And if you could see your path or channel, then you could see into the future, right? Like, uh, doubt's a form of time travel.
1: Well, you're you're contradicting yourself, Donnie. If we were able to see our destinies manifest themselves visually, then we would be given a choice to betray our chosen destinies. And the mere fact that this, this choice exists would make all preformed destiny,
0: uh... Not if you travel within God's channel. Um, I'm not
1: going to be able to continue this conversation. Why? I could lose my job. So, yeah, that's kind of the conversations that I mean. Those conversations don't pop up too much, but, um. It's
0: a good encapsulation of like the, the main, the, the main, it's not the story because you're not really, uh, you're not really thinking about time travel or time space paradox throughout the movie. Correct. Really. And and this is really the first
1: instance where they kind of really dive into it a little bit. Um, yeah.
0: You're more thinking about why does he keep why does he keep seeing the 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 vision of the guy in the bunny suit? Mm-hmm. Why why? Yeah. What's the point of that? Why did they show that that plane wreck or whatever? Yep. What, what's the point of all that? And
1: that was the thing to where a lot of the conversation was like, oh, well, did this did the whole movie take place in Donnie Darko's head? Yeah. Or um, was he because early on in the movie it's revealed he's he's schizophrenic. Yep. And he takes medication, mm-hmm. and so you think oh is the office meds is this more of a you 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 start to question like what's happening is this reality is it not reality mm-hmm. and but it does so in a good way it takes place in the 80s uh great soundtrack uh it's got that fall feel it does fall leaves yeah and um, you just love the 80s soundtrack I do <laughs> it's
0: got a lot of synth in it? it it
1: bit me bit <laughs> me right there so yeah. I was like sold yep and uh but yeah if you're in for a sci-fi thinker and you haven't seen Donnie Darko? Recommend it. It's good yeah, acting. And... It is
0: good. And I think the fact that it was really good, it kind of hurt Richard Kelly's career. Because yeah. he hasn't done shit since. And he did he... Southland Tales, which is a garbage movie. Yeah. And then he did The, the Box. Box. Yeah. I hadn't Ugh. seen South Southland
1: Tales. I was looking forward to it. Because that came out in the late 2000s, I 2006. believe. 2006. Yeah. And that had Sean William Scott. And, and The Rock. And The Rock. And <laughs> it came out. Horrible reviews, and I was like, yeah. "Well, I don't want to watch it." And then the box came out, which the box is actually based on a short story that I read in college. Um, to where it's like, "Oh, you push a button and grants you a wish, but someone you you know dies
0: or something yeah. like that." And, yep, yep. Um, I saw it once. Eh, barely remember it. Yeah, it was like so, twelve years ago.
1: And yeah, and it's tough because when you put out a movie like that, that's such a powerhouse, and not I know. being able to follow it up, it's yeah, I mean, it's one of those. I mean, who knows how long, because I think he directed that when he was 22 or 24. He was pretty young. That's crazy. And he had probably been thinking about that story. For a long time. A long time. And it's just one of those, you have your whole life to write your first yep. novel, and then you have six months to write your second. So. Yep.
0: Yeah. Everyone wanted a sequel to Donnie Darko, and they got S. Darko, yeah, which I, I never saw. I, I, yeah. Straight, but, straight, Straight to DVD movie, yeah, so I'm sure it's not very good.
1: Yep, I I I ranked that up as I was like whoever decided to greenlight mm. that was probably the same person who decided to greenlight uh, American Psycho Part Two. Oh, um, with
0: Mila Kunis. Yeah,
1: uh, which also I've never never. Seen. <laughs> I've never seen that one either. Um. Yep. But uh, yeah, it's a it's a good Do movie you, and the soundtrack they pick. It feels like a Halloween soundtrack, but none of them are Halloween songs. It's true. But it, so it but it, it definitely sets. The tone of the movie, the song choices that he uses, to was, where it's kind of melancholy, kind of eerie, yeah. slightly.
0: Was were they at a Halloween party? So with uh, the the guy who got uh, ran over by the, in the bunny suit or whatever. Um, or yeah, it was actually it was
1: actually at Donnie Darko's house because his oh, okay. older sister was throwing a party.
0: I haven't seen the movie in like five years. So, so it's been a
1: while. Um, but yeah, so everyone watch the movie if you yeah. haven't seen it um yeah that that's my number what was uh, number three that was my number three what is
0: your number three my number three is creep show i have never seen that never seen Creepshow. show i've never seen creep show i am a fan of anthology movies i enjoy them a lot uh not they're movies that don't really get made anymore mm-hmm. for for whatever reason they don't really do well at the box office Um, But they do really long movies, you meaning uh,
1: movies with a bunch of
0: shorter stories stories in between. Correct. Yep. Yep. They they typically don't do well at the box office. I don't even. I think the most successful one ever, just for inflation, is Creepshow. Okay. I think. Uh, but directed by George A. Romero. Hey. Uh, written by Stephen King. Oh. Actually, one of the few screenplays he actually wrote, and uh, it's based off of EC Comics, the old. School stories with uh, The Crypt Keeper and The Creep, obviously, mm-hmm. for this one. And basically, it's just old horror stories, very short. You get an issue and have like four or five stories in one single comic book issue. Okay. And all they wanted to do was, or what George Romero wanted to do, was just kind of put that to film. That was his idea. And Stephen King was a big fan of George Romero from Night of the Living Dead. And he was a big EC comic fan, and they decided to make this movie together. Uh, when did it come out? 1982. Okay. So it's old. Yeah. So don't... <laughs> the same year as uh, Twilight Zone, I believe. Another anthology movie. That's right. I don't know if it was the same year. I think it was the year after. The year after? I think so. Uh, Twilight Zone was John Landis' thing. Or John Landis did one of the segments that kind of derailed his career because somebody died. Yeah. During the making of it. Um. Me and Jay, 1983, the year after. Nice, good call. Look at that. Maybe that was greenlit because Creepshow did okay at the box office. But uh, anyway, so uh, Creepshow, it's, there's no Halloween nights in it at all. They're, 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 so there's a bookend. So there's a story to start off, uh, the five stories you get throughout the movie, and then it bookends to wrap around the original story. Mm-hmm. And there's a there's a jack-o'-lantern in the window. That's like the only reference to Halloween. So you think that maybe this story is being set around Halloween. Sure. But other than that, no. There's no reference to Halloween in any of the five short stories that are presented to you. But it's got uh, anyone who's a fan of George A. Romero. I don't know if you like zombie movies, but he did Night of the Living Dead, the original, the OG. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dawn of the Dead, the yep. original one. He's did Martin, which is a pretty good vampire movie. Uh, from the 70s and then he did the dark half which is another stephen king adaption and the last thing he did that i think anyone listening to this would know is the land of the dead back in 2005 yep but lately i mean obviously george died like five years ago but he just did zombie movies Mm -hmm. from 2005 on and they get kind of progressively okay not really same old shtick nothing really new to say yeah how how many times can you comment on society (laughs) not much not much but uh, it's got one of the best soundtracks for like a Halloween. Mm-hmm. It's not a Halloween like movie, but the, this I, I think of this soundtrack whenever I uh, think of Halloween. It's just so creepy. But okay, here we go. That's the yep. main creep show theme. Sounds uh, it's
1: very yeah. You get the the I call them hippity hops of the piano. Yep, and yep. the strings which you get a lot with uh, Danny Elfman. Yep, uh, scores yep. not that he did that for that movie, but yeah, that that feel. Yep, a lot of strings, a lot of bass piano sounds. Yep. And
0: but the, the 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 music in the movie is just great, so you have that to open it up, and then each story has its own like theme music to it, mm-hmm. which gives it its own like sense of originality. Uh, but anyway, there's five stories. The first one, uh, it's called Father's Day. It's got Ed Harris in it before Ed Harris became Ed Harris. Yep. I guess he knew George Romero from because I guess Ed Harris is from Pittsburgh and George Romero is from Pittsburgh. and uh, he has like a little part in that in that uh, story. He does mm-hmm. a really funny dance. So if you ever watch this movie, just remember that <laughs> he's dancing in the... It's pretty bad.
1: So not to get sidetracked, you said anthology movies don't do well. Yeah. I, I agree. Okay. Do you, do you think... Do you have a theory why? Because here's some past anthology. You have Twilight Zone. Yeah. You have Creepshow. You have more recently The French Dispatch. Uh Wes Anderson's most recent okay. movie, that was an anthology movie. Right. You had framed around the magazine The French Dispatch mm-hmm. and each had three stories. Um and then you had was Sin City was an anthology yeah. movie. Um which Sin City did pretty, did well. pretty well. Um
0: That's because the visuals were like visuals
1: unique. and then you had I think a couple of the characters that kinda hopped through yeah. the, yep. the stories. Um but you had four rooms that didn't really do too well. No, um, which
0: I like a lot. I do like that. I have still yet to see it. I like it a lot. I I, have, I'm just a fan of anthology. And that mm-hmm. one's different too because Tim Roth is in each story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so he connects he has all four. He a single. It. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, he's a continuous it, thread.
0: Creepshow doesn't do that. Yeah. They're all separate. There's no mm-hmm. one single thread except for the bookend. So I think the reason why my
1: my personal idea is anthology movies don't do too well is because usually there's one story that people like yes and then the other two are like
0: "Eh, okay
1: okay but if it's the first one like the for sin city for me i think it was bruce willis's story i think that was the first story and then i think you had the assassins josh hartnett's piece was the second one and then you had the cannibal i think in the third one i think that was the correct the mickey Rourke story yeah um or maybe it was mickey i don't know one of i remember sitting in the theater watching it and i was like ah yeah that's pretty good and then after the first story ended the second one i was like "Uh, okay and then the third one started i was like jesus christ i was like all right oh you're looking at your watch yeah i was like let's fucking wrap it up um (laughs) and i think that's probably what a lot of other people may feel, and I could just be projecting, but I think that might be the case to where people tend to gravitate to one story to where, or they, they get hooked on one story and then it's over and they're like, uh, and maybe more it's, of that. Yeah. I want more of that. Now I got to watch this and it could probably tends to leave a bad taste in someone's mouth.
0: Right. Um, it's be- a better medium is probably TV. Like if yeah. you're watching on TV versus going to the theater and yep. watching it, you're probably right. There's, there's some truth to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not like that. I enjoy anthologies. I like short stories like that. Because you're a psychopath. Probably. Yes. Yes. Hey, there's psychopaths in this world, Jay. There are. Yeah. They have feelings, too. But, uh, so, yeah, there, there's uh, Father's Day. Then there's the, uh, the uh, oh, crap, something of Geordie Farrell's uh, untimely death. Anyway, Stephen King plays the main character in that, and he just hams it up. Mm-hmm. He's very coked hammy out and okay. coked out being Steven <laughs> being all Stephen King then you got uh, uh something to tide you over which has Leslie Nielsen in it with Ted Danson is it a comedy that no pours- no well, this is before Leslie Nielsen was into the, the naked gun and I mean, he, people knew him for comedies before he was like a serious actor in mm-hmm. drama okay so it was back to him being drama because airplane he's came out in
1: 80 so 80. that was his first bit as comedy so he's back I to doing a serious stuff. I think
0: at that time yeah, people saw him in an airplane, but they still thought that he was... Yeah, I mean, a dramatic 82. actor. He's like, yeah. yeah, it's Leslie Nielsen, the dramatic actor. And mm-hmm. then Ted Danson wasn't even in Cheers yet, so he's still relatively unknown. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the fourth story is The Crate, which has Hal Holbrook in it, who I love. He's an awesome actor. Uh, and it's about it's a story about uh, this guy who has this overbearing wife. You know, He's very proper. He's a professor. His wife is this drunk who just berates him and belittles him at parties and says he has a tiny penis and just, you know, like why is why is this yeah. guy putting up with this shit? So the the crate is a story of a uh, the uh, department that he works at in college. There's a crate underneath the stairs that happens to have like this monster in it. So his whole purpose is to get his wife to the <laughs> the school so he can feed her to the monster. <laughs> it's... <laughs> It's fucking great. It's got this uh, cool uh, daydreaming sequence too, where he he'll 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 start daydreaming about ways to kill his wife. Mm-hmm. There's this uh, one scene where he just takes a gun out at the party and he's like, Wilma shoots her right in the head and she dies. And then everybody uh, at the party was, just turns real creepy at him and they start to like. <laughs> and one guy's like, "Hell of a shot." <laughs> <laughs> Internal fantasy yeah, stuff. Yeah, and, and-, and then one great lady's like, "Bullseye." <laughs> 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 uh. Uh, but I got a clip here from that, which pretty much illustrates. And the acting's like, it's not going to win an Oscar. It's the perfect like amount mm-hmm. of ham to it that so makes it So set it this clip up really quick. Which, sure. Which story is this from? This is from The Crate. Okay. Where uh, Hal Holbrook is now attempting to feed his wife to the monster underneath underneath the stairs. And it's not working. Okay. And then she just ramps up the abuse to him to where you just feel sorry for the guy, and, yeah, anyway, here we go. You know what, Henry? You're a regular barnyard exhibit. Sheep's eyes, chicken guts,
1: piggy friends, and shit for brains. No good at departmental politics. No good at making money. No
0: good at making an impression on anybody. And no good at all in bed. When was the last time you got it up, Henry? Huh? When was the last time you were a man in our bed? Now get out of my way, Henry, or I swear to God you'll be wearing your balls for earrings. And I swear to
1: God if you ever touch me again.
0: Anyway, uh, the monster comes out of the crate and uh, chews her head off. So good. Like, she is not a nice person. She is not. She's
1: not a a, a very good wife. She's very mean to him. More of the story, ladies. Dude. Treat treat your husbands <laughs> with kid gloves and kindness. <laughs> Buy them flowers. Yes. Rub their feet when they get home.
0: <laughs> yes. Make them dinner. When they ask for a sandwich, just get in there and make it for them. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Cut it. Cut the crust off. That's right. Cut it in
0: triangles. That's right. So it's easier to eat. That's right. Don't want your man to choke. Yeah. Yeah. That scene's great because Hal Holbrook, his face—you just feel so bad for the guy. And then when it comes up, and when the monster comes out, you're just kind of like rooting, like yeah, I like it. <laughs> but uh, so Tom Savini did the makeup in it too. Oh, nice. Uh, I love Tom Savini; he's just a great makeup artist. Uh, but the movie's not particularly gory. Just mm-hmm. that one story, yeah. There's some—it's pretty gory on when the monster like eats the guy's neck and all that stuff. But the other, the other stories are—they're kind of bloodless. There's not a lot of blood mm-hmm. <clears throat> in the uh, the movie itself. And then the movie ends on a story... I uh, remember E.G. Marshall, the guy who played uh, uh, the, uh, un- the uncle in Christmas Vacation? Yeah. I gotta eat so I can take my back pill. <laughs> he can, he's got a car. He can drive. <laughs> I gotta eat. Anyway, E.G. Marshall is a, a really... Again, a, he was a dramatic actor before that. And he was in like 12, 12 Angry Men. He's, in a, he's been in a lot of... He's a very serious actor. He plays... Uh, a recluse, germaphobe, who uh, owns like a, a company and he's like a multi millionaire and he talks down to people. He gets really racist in the movie for whatever reason. <laughs> so you want awful things to happen to this guy. He's a germaphobe and his apartment gets infested by cockroaches. Hmm. So it's just a good one man performance yeah. and it's like 15 minutes long and the way it ends is like pretty gnarly um, and it caps it off great to where you, you get. You end the movie like, okay, that was, I saw some pretty cool shit, and then it ended on like the note where you're like, wow, that's, like seeing that, the the makeup in that scene alone for 1982 probably would have been like, Jesus. So it kind of ended happened? on like a, like yeah. a crescendo. Yeah, crescendo, almost. yeah, for sure. Nice. Yeah. It's a great movie, though. It's entertaining. Uh, I know you're not a big horror fan, but I think you'd like it just because okay. it's. And so there's five short stories? Yeah. That's actually quite, a, what is it, two hours long? Hour and forty five minutes. Oh wow! Yeah, all right. So like, each one's about 15, 20 minutes, except for the crate. It's like yeah. forty minutes. It's the okay. longest one, but it, it's cool because they he George Romero tries to do uh, comic book like framing, and he has like cutouts to where it looks like a comic book frame, mm-hmm. and his transitions are like flipping pages. So okay. visually, it looks kind of cool. For eighty two, it looks good, but yeah. now it may seem a little cheesy. But um, I can appreciate it. See, I wouldn't mind if they did that to
1: where and they aired it on TV. Like I feel like it's on AMC. And like every year okay the well i mean making anthology movies like that oh, where yeah. it doesn't it doesn't necessitate its own series it doesn't need uh, an american horror story anthology or like a whole season to drag mm-hmm. out the story it doesn't need um, a whole 50 minute 40 minute episode but like if you get like a well known director it's it almost just be fun i feel like for some horror directors or directors who haven't done horror would like to do sh- experimental short stories like that to where I'm surprised there's not a market
0: of. Well, hey, creep,
1: do a two hour movie. There
0: is a creep show show. Oh, is there? It's like two seasons. It's on like Apple or something. Oh, okay. It's a streaming service I don't
1: have, so well, I've never checked it out. Well, I meant just like a self contained two hour. Hey, we got uh, Dennis Vanilleville. Oh, you mean like a special? Yeah. Oh, Just yeah, like yeah. a. I mean, because they used to do t- TV Movie of the Weeks, which they really yeah. don't do anymore.
0: Um, but. Well, I, I think Marvel and Disney Plus just did that. Werewolf by Night. Did like a special werewolf movie. It's like 50 minutes long. Hmm. Michael, Michael Giacchino directed it. The guy yeah. did all the awesome music uh, and yeah, all the memorable music. Yeah. That's cool. I haven't seen it yet, but.
1: Hmm.
0: Just you saying that reminded me of that. Werewolf by Night. Werewolf hmm. by Night. Anywho. Yeah. Yeah. I think you'd like it. Well, I think it you be inter- you'd be entertained. I think I'll watch it this month. There you go. It'll uh, put you in the mood. Yeah. It's not scary at all. You you won't be scared. Well, I'm not afraid of being scared. Don't I'm not you, afraid of look, anything. I'm, I'm not afraid, afraid it. It. God, <laughs> God damn it, don't
1: pay me as a pussy. Shit. <laughs> no. I only piss myself three times a day, not yeah. four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um
0: yeah, I'll check it out. Has Christy seen it? Do you know? I don't think so. No. Maybe she has. I I don't know. Yeah.
1: Don't know.
0: I'm sure it's not regular viewing for her.
1: And that was your number three my number three number three alright uh, my number two is a Tim Burton movie ooh um, this is probably I don't know like overall like I don't know Beetlejuice is really good mm-hmm. but um, uh, I picked the Sleepy Hollow ooh came out in 99 uh, so that's a good movie Different genres. This is a mystery Halloween movie. It is. And it's written by Andrew Kevin Walker, who did Seven. Seven. So it has that Finchian kind of mystery that we really don't get to often. Um, But uh, directed by Tim Burton. Great acting Mm -hmm. everywhere. And there's so... You have Johnny Depp, Michael Gambon, Michael Goff. Go, mm-hmm. Goff. go who was Alfred, Alfred in the Batman yep. movies? You had Richard Griffiths, who mm-hmm. was who is notably in Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. He played uh, Uncle Vernon. Yep. Um, you have Casper Van Dien, who was Ooh, a, remember him? Yeah, in Starship <laughs> Troopers. You have uh, Miranda Richardson. Uh, Christopher Lee is in this. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Christina Ricci.
0: Yes. Uh, Our schoolboy crashes. Yes. <laughs>
1: And, um, but I mean, well, Christina
0: Ricci makes the list twice, huh? Yep. There I, you go.
1: If anyone, if anyone could, it would definitely be her. So, mm-hmm. um, but it's, it's fun. It's moody. The, the design, I think, I, I, I want to say this is probably one of Tim Burton's better movies. It is it's not my favorite. I, I, I don't even I I haven't even thought about ranking Tim Burton movies. Yeah. I know I like Big Fish a lot. I mean that's too. just because I really connect with of the story. Um but as far as I mean, I feel like this is probably one of his better ones. The color palette in this, it's a lot very muted, which listeners, if you've seen Sleepy Hollow, it, because every time I think about this movie, I think of it being in black and white. But it's not black and white. No. And it's just very muted colors. And they're desaturated, um, but watch the trailer. Go look it up on YouTube. The Sleepy Hollow trailer. They punched up those colors hardcore. Oh, did the tra- they really? Oh, god, yes. And because I, I I watched the trailer for it, I was like, it wasn't that colorful. And then I looked up a scene online, and I was like, yeah, it was muted because it was like everyone's just like. Pale, like Mm -hmm. the skin tones are almost white it has like a slight hint of flesh color and but everything is just so desaturated there's like the blues are very gray everything is just very gray Mm. um and i feel like i mean the mood it's just a good well-made film as far as consistent art style um the victorian setting the set design it's not overly tim burton it's you could see some of his elements but it's kind of set i have it feels almost like a play like you're watching a play Mm -hmm. you can set you can tell the set design nothing feels overtly real it all kind of feels like it's on a stage which isn't a bad thing sometimes it is a bad thing when um when you can kind of tell that, but I mean, I'm sure they shot this on location and everything else, but it just, it has a very play like feel to it. Um, But great mystery. Um, It is a really good mystery. Yeah. And that's, it obviously, that's Andrew Kevin Walker. Yeah, Sleepy hollow. It uh, obviously takes place on Halloween, but um,
0: yeah, It's it's probably the least Tim Burton esque movie that he's ever made. Now that I think about it, just in terms of like wild colors, and then the characters being yeah. crazy, and yep, and I mean he has a couple of his Tim Burton
1: esques in there, like uh, Ichabod Crane's uh, devices, yeah, yeah, like his yeah. glasses, mm-hmm. like he, you have some yeah, weird yeah. contraptions that he kind of pulls out. But yeah, it's very, it's very uh, reserved, mm-hmm. and which I think makes the movie better, um, just because when you constrain yourself, you tend to. I mean, he he relies heavily on <laughs> editing, shot composition, color yeah. palette. He relies on all that other stuff because he can't be over the top with the goofiness. Um, Christopher Walken's uh, character design, awesome. The it's serrated pretty, teeth. It's pretty sweet. And what, what a gnarly
0: makeout scene he has there at the end. Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> That's uh, a nasty could, image, man. Uh,
1: if I could find someone to kiss me like Christopher Walken and Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, yeah.
0: Passion's <laughs> all there, baby. I um, blood in the mouth, but I I think it's a
1: it's a good mystery horror.
0: It is. Um, it's it's got some creepy mm-hmm. scenes
1: in it, um, but it's uh, I think it's good. I mean, just acting's good. It's a it's a good. I it feels very Halloweeny to me. Yeah. Um, it's one of the first movies I think of when I think of Halloween. Um, and
0: when I first saw it, I thought they were doing an adaptation of the uh, Ichabod and mr toad oh yeah the halloween the Walt disney cartoon yep. that we watched when we were growing up as kids no it's not that no <laughs> it's a little more adult than that That i think that's why it, sh- it surprised me when i first saw it I, I was just uh i wasn't expecting like a murder mystery story mm-hmm. i thought it was gonna be like a ghost story um which is why which is why i think it uh it uh it's just it's just better. I love when movies do that, where you just don't you don't anticipate that turn. Yeah. In it at all, and if I would have if I would have known, you know, Andrew Kevin Walker wrote the script, then okay, maybe that would have hinted that okay, we're in for like a little mystery here. Mm-hmm. And because I think this movie came out around
1: the same time as the Grim, the Brothers Grimm, the Matt Damon and Heath Ledger movie. This came out in ninety nine. Ninety nine.
0: And then The Brothers, brothers Grimm, Grimm, I think, in like 2005. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, a little bit later. All right. I drank a lot. It's okay. The uh, What's six years? It, nothing. 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 Blink just, of an eye. It just goes by. Just, yep, like that. Just like that.
1: But I always think of that movie, too, whenever I think of this movie. Because, I mean, you have Ichabod, who's Grimm. more... Yeah, the more logical yeah. to where he's picking apart things. We're all oh,
0: supernatural. Like, mm, no, it's not.
1: Yeah. It's... Let's think about this like people.
0: Yeah. So. How much acting do you think Johnny Depp is doing in this movie though? <laughs> he
1: does. Well, uh, based on what I I don't know. Oh, I mean, based on the Amber Heard track. <laughs> <laughs>
0: he's, he's doing phenomenal. He's doing acting really in damn, damn good. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um I mean, it's not a typical he 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 does some depisms, like when he kinda gets grossed out because I don't think he's a fan of like gore. Gore. Yeah, yeah. In this movie, his character. And to where he does some like depth facial expressions yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. But um
0: Yeah, his def- his facial he, expressions remind me of like Charlie in the Choco Factory, when he gets grossed out in that movie, like his little tics. Yeah.
1: yeah. And which I don't think he they didn't it makes sense, though. I mean, you don't want him to be over the top because yeah. you're following his character. <clears throat> and if he's too cartoony, like, he can't be the most interesting character in a mystery because typically the indecent mysteries, the, you, you want the relatable person mm-hmm. figuring out the mystery along with the audience. So, yep. but um, I do not have an answer for your question as it's far okay. as how much acting. It was a stupid question. No, it's not <laughs> a stupid question. I just provided a stupid answer. And it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> quit rubbing my leg <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: rub higher <laughs> a
1: little higher but <laughs> that's my number two sleep nice I
0: like it that's a great movie i do like that movie a lot all right my number two is trick or treat hey i've never seen it oh <laughs> damn i was happy there for a second no. hey is that your number one nope nah well in keeping with my anthology theme here, Trick or Treat is another anthology movie. Okay, it's about Halloween, strictly about Halloween. It's it's it takes place on Halloween. It's uh, the antagonist in it, Sam, is overseeing the four stories in the movie, and bad things happen to people that don't abide by the traditions of Halloween. Okay, and bad things happen to those people. Um. So, of all the movies on my list, this is the movie that is a movie about and for Halloween. Okay. Without a doubt. But, uh, why do I like it so much? It just, it feels, uh, so original. I know it's an anthology, but the, it's, it's just, it's, they don't make movies like this anymore. When it comes to just uh, having fun, mm-hmm. it's just a fun movie. Okay, it's not overtly uh, gory or scary, just to be gory or scary. It's just trying to tell you an entertaining story um, with maybe some cool visuals, some cool antagonists, some pretty sweet stories. Uh, so this this movie in particular has four stories instead of five like Creepshow, but this movie's shorter. It's like an hour and a half. It's nothing. You know, it's not two and a half hours or anything. Um, And all the stories connect to one another. Okay. So it's not separate stories. It's in the same universe. And uh, the ending of it is kind of cool where it kind of goes back to the beginning of the movie. Um, It's just a nice little surprise. You're not really expecting it to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, But Brian Cox is in it. Hey. Dylan Baker. Hey. Hey. Uh, Anna Paquin's in it. Nice. And yeah. Nice. And then uh, 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 Sam Rockwell's wife. What's what's her name? Oh, Jesus. Leslie Bibb. Okay. Leslie Bibb's in it. She's in the very beginning of it. Uh, but Brian Cox's story is great. It caps it off. It's a wacky uh, encounter with Sam, the main antagonist. Um, so Sam is essentially like a jack-o'-lantern that's alive. Mm-hmm. And his murder weapon is like a popsicle that's like carved out with a sharp edge. That's what, that's what he murders a, people a with. A popsicle? It's like a lollipop. It's like one of those thick lolly, those giant lollipops I wish we have. had video and I just caught you. <laughs> it's like a lollipop. Yeah. Uh, and I'm uh, like, that's
1: how you eat lollipops?
0: <laughs> Why did I do that?
1: <laughs> Damn it. Hot dog to mouth. Never no, yeah. mouth to hot dog. Yeah.
0: But it's kind of cool because it's, it, you know, it's shaped with a sharp edge from a bite mark. Okay. So it's like a weapon in that yep. sense. Uh, so it's got like a cool werewolf story in it. Um. It's got like a mer- a psychopathic neighbor story in it and that's played by Dylan Baker. Hey. Dylan Baker's awesome in it. Oh yeah. He's, he's just he he's awesome. a, another
1: one of those character actors that's just
0: Yeah, s- yeah. Great he's in very he good. Does. I got a clip of him in here. Him and Brian Cox interacting, it's pretty great. Um and then uh, an awesome school uh bus ghost story. Okay. So, it's just fun. Um It surprised me when it came out. It was delayed for 2 years. I uh, got the studio didn't release it. They didn't think it was going to be very good. Hmm. And normally when that happens, the story's pretty shit or it's, they just don't believe in it. Yeah. So when it finally got released, it went straight to video, it didn't go into theaters. And I just rented it at a blockbuster one day. Yeah. Blockbuster. Remember those things when you actually used to go in the store and no, no. <laughs> uh, that's so I rented when it. When did it come out? 2007. Okay. Sorry. 2008. You could rent it. They made it in 2007. Anyway, uh, rented it and i was just it, it, it's one of those nice things where you're not expecting much and it turns out better than way better than you thought it would okay that's this is the movie i think of so it's good story that's the yes. crux of it is story not so much the gore or it's not that gory okay really not at all um just the production design the visuals uh the music's pretty cool it's got a pretty sweet soundtrack nice. the performances are great uh it's fast it doesn't drag yeah. at all. It just, it's all on Halloween. It's just a nice I'm gonna experience. I'm going to have to check that out. I mean, it, just,
1: Brian Cox and Dylan Baker's kind of yeah. sold it on me. I didn't, I, you
0: you would like it. Yeah. It's not, it's not like a horror movie like the one that you wouldn't like. Mm-hmm. it You would like it. Yeah. Christy would like it too. Oh, yeah. You could convince her to sit down and watch it with you. But, uh, it almost, it was almost my number one, but it didn't make the top of the list. But, uh, this is the movie I think about when I think of Halloween. Kind of like uh, when I think of Christmas, I think of Christmas Vacation. That's mm-hmm. the movie I want to watch. I think of Trick or Treat, just because it's in the title. Okay, and it's yep. you know it's in keeping with the holiday. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got an awesome clip here to show Dylan Baker and Brian Cox interacting, because they are two of my favies.
1: Stephen Wilkins. Hi. What in God's name are you doing down there, Wilkins? Uh-huh. Hiding bodies? Mm. Uh, uh. What'd you say? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Nothing. It's... the uh, septic tank is acting up. Is that what that smell is? I'm afraid so. Then fix it! <laughs> it like a dead whore out here. I'm... <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: trying. Get uh,
1: your kid out of my yard!
0: Goddamn freak. Happy Halloween! Screw you! I realize I should have set up that scene. <laughs> so, I, I, I'm kind of glad you did it, because my mind was just
1: racing as far as, like, are they beating it? The, is he killing a kid or something?
0: I was like, he is. Okay. So, Dylan Baker's a serial killer in the movie, and he's burying a trick-or-treater in the backyard and trying to hide it from his neighbor. Okay, Brian Cox is his neighbor. Yeah. Brian Cox is like a recluse. He hates Halloween, mm-hmm. um, which is in keeping with the story, because Sam... Is uh, enforcing Halloween tradition, so he does not like Mr. Krieg in the movie. Oh, yeah. Anyway, it's a great movie. I recommend it. Uh, it's awesome. Cool. Yeah. Um,
1: uh, I'll definitely check it out. Yeah, I, I think you'll like it. I think I like it too. Um, my number one. <clears throat> this will also be in my top five horror. There's <coughs> oh, no, it is. There is no way getting around it. Okay. Um, and this is my horror entry. So, kind of yeah. leading up, I had uh, what did I have? I had the uh, comic book Revenge Action with mm-hmm. the Pro. I had the family comedy Casper's number four. Yeah. I had a sci fi drama with Donnie Darko number three. Yeah. And yeah. a mystery slash horror suspense uh, with Sleepy Hollow. And my number one is just straight horror uh, The Exorcist. Wow and which actually takes place around Halloween. So it does. Yeah. It, it doesn't overtly say it in the movie, but yeah, it's there enough to where it, it just kind of adds to it uh if you're paying attention. Yeah. Um I'm going to <clears throat> and when I say the Exorcist, I say the director's cut. So um I haven't seen the director's cut in a long time. There has been several instances of this. Uh, William Friedkin, who directed it, uh, he edited a TV version for it, which I'm sure I, I had seen at one point. I had seen the theatrical cut, um, and I've seen the director's cut. I mm-hmm. think the director's cut. It's they switched out some of the sound effects to more modern sound effects, and I think it just works, obviously a little bit better. I, the movie, the first movie, was made in 1973. Um, I am not big on going back and redoing some things but i think for this movie it works it just kind of updates it a little bit um hmm. some older sound effects can just sound goofy and if it takes you out of the movie then it takes you out of the movie but i think it works for this um that and i'm not so in love with this movie that oh you ruin the you ruined the art believe me i am i am totally like that on some other films to where just don't fucking touch it you just yeah. leave it like back to the future (laughs) back (laughs) to the future which thank god they haven't done anything with that um but like et star wars just quit fucking Mm -hmm. around with it didn't
0: they do a special edition for et like enhancing the effects they
1: what they did was they replaced there was a version that came out i want to say in the 2000s i was either the 25th maybe 25th or 20th anniversary they removed the cops carrying the shotguns. You told me about this. Yeah. Yes. When okay. the kids all go up on yeah. their bikes. Spoiler alert. When yeah the Jedi lifts up all the kids <laughs> yeah. and um, they replace it with flashlights. Yeah. And people PC. didn't like that. Yeah. And I was like, uh, yeah, I didn't like it either. Mm. And then the next version, I, it's either the 20th or 30th anniversary edition they put the guns back right in. jay you're so, like give them bazookas yeah <laughs> fucking,
0: give some ak's
1: get a goddamn minigun on there yeah. and spray down those kids get that <laughs> fucking alien <laughs>
0: yeah
1: um but i would say director's cut there's a couple of extra scenes in there uh the infamous spider walk mm-hmm. um is in the director's cut it's i i, th- I think it works great and yeah. i want to say and i don't know if i'm projecting I feel like this movie is a little bit scarier if you come from a somewhat religious background. Oh yeah, I would think so. Um, or have any kind of understanding of religion. I mean, you don't have to necessarily be Christian, but um, either coming from a family of faith or being surrounded by people who are of faith, just so, I feel like it, it hits a little bit harder. Um, but I don't know. Uh, this is considered probably one of the scariest movies ever made and it came out in the 70s which i mean i don't know what the i don't know how in touch with god everybody was in 73 those before my time but, maybe
0: more so than now yeah
1: but um
0: it's almost 50 years old yeah but I, I
1: have a feeling just kind of being aware of religion or that kind of thing just make, makes it feel more of the possibility of yeah. it being real yep um but the exorcist if you don't know I, uh, it's like a 12 or 13 year old girl mm-hmm. gets possessed and the mother um, gets two priests to try and help her daughter. She doesn't drive I mean, it out. Yeah. And some things that I think this movie did very, very well ahead of the time, they tried to explain it by science. To Mm -hmm. where things were happening to her. She goes into like a very primitive like MRI or CAT scan, something, some kind of machine to see inside of her head to see if it's psychological. She talks to a psychiatrist. She like they're trying to explain it logically. And I think this was one of the first movies that had this kind of a storyline as
0: far as a demon possessing another person. Um by the way, would you want to go to the hospital back in seventy three after watching this movie? The fucking machines and just like, get the fuck out of here. That was scarier than the The demon. Yeah, the magnet shit. And and that's another good thing is like
1: the normal things, like when they're trying to find out, even that's scary. Like the whole situation is scary. Mm -hmm. And I have, it's been a while since I've seen this movie. Um, I don't think I've seen it since I've had kids. Okay. So I'd be interested to see if I more relate to because before i was fascinated just by the situation right <clears throat> and i was probably putting myself into the uh younger priest's shoes when i was watching this to where i wonder if i watch it again if i would be putting myself more into the mother's yep. shoes um and kind of relating to it that yep. way to where just her feeling of helplessness of be- not being able to help her child and or not understanding what's going on because her family isn't religious at all
0: yeah and well so it's that much more of an alien concept yeah. to her well to your point me and nicole watches about a month ago mm-hmm. and i was totally in the mother's shoes yeah 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 definitely uh, is it because she wore heels yes okay i love those heels hey nice nice six inches yeah you know uh, Get the butt nice and high. Hey, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Helen Birkin. Um, oh, yeah. She can bring it. She
1: can. Um, it's got a couple of jump scares, but, yeah, as I said before, the whole situation is scary. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, the trip to the hospital, they use great tech, I mean, just flash frames. Yep. And of just, if you pause it, it's not necessarily a scary image, but just... it. Yes. there's So many tricks that, they William freaking did it's it's pretty good yeah if you haven't seen it I I would say watch it it's and it holds up Christy doesn't she can't watch it she she can't if I'm there right right but she's not no she's not like eh, like she loves scary movies but that's that's one of those movies that she's like eh, like she's she will not watch alone and it was made yeah 50 years
0: ago I know um it's it's definitely not as scary today as it was when I was, like, 12 when I first saw it. Correct. But it's still very good, and it's just a great script, mm-hmm. the dialogue in between. Like, because I'm older now, and I, I, you know, the situation, the the possession scenes when you're younger, you're like, oh, I can't, let's go to the possession scene, the next one. Yeah. But here, you know, I watched it a month ago. I'm, I like the dialogue in between the scenes mm-hmm. of the actual possession piece of it. It's entertaining. It it moves the story along. It's well-written. Yep. It seems like real, like Mm -hmm. a real conversation the two people would have in that situation.
1: You have three stories. You have the mother trying to help her daughter. You have the young priest Mm -hmm. dealing with his faith uh, with surrounding the events because his mother's sick. So he's having trouble. He's doubting his faith. And then you have Max von Sindau, as an older priest who... It's kind of more of a, not a vendetta with them, but just more of like, he's aware of that demon yes. existing and which he was 44 in this movie. I
0: know. I know. Isn't that crazy? And, and they make him like he's 75.
1: Yeah. It's this movie that, cause I thought he was, yeah, 75, 80. First time I saw this. And then I keep seeing his name in movies coming out. 40 years later. 40 years later. I'm like, how's that guy fucking alive? It's. <laughs> Um. yeah. But the uh, the practical effects. Oh, very For good. 1973. Fantastic. Yeah. I mean, the, the bed scenes, the levitating, yeah, like, all this good. stuff was very, very well done. And I think a lot of it um, kind of holds up again, which is why I say the director's cut. They remove some of the wires that you could kind of see in the original version mm, and stuff okay. like that that would be more apparent with blue, blue ray releases and more high def transfers that yeah. you could actually see. They removed those. Um, but also something else, the story feels smaller. Like it ve- feels like a very intimate story. And I was thinking about that today to why that is. And I think it's because it takes place in a popu- It takes place in the DC area and I think Georgetown mm-hmm. area. Yep. And it's very populated. It's in a house that's right next to another house. And I think that kind of helps making the story feel smaller because no one else is aware of what's going on. I mean, some of the doctors, but the doctors brush it off as, oh, it's a mental thing or right. whatever. And to where I think it makes the, makes the story feel like those characters are more alone than what they actually are because they're surrounded by all these people that are completely oblivious to right. where you have other horror films uh, like the conjuring or something like that to where it usually takes that place in a remote area to where that's the whole world is that whole setting gotcha to where their whole world is the world and <clears> it's <throat> just them and their their house yeah yeah
0: there's people all around them yeah not really caring
1: but i thought that was interesting and i and i i don't think that was intentional i think it was just a byproduct uh, yeah a byproduct and observation that i noticed to where i was like yeah there was there's not a lot of a whole lot of horror movies happening to where there's a bunch of other, I mean, Poltergeist, uh, The Conjuring Part 2, more mm-hmm. populated areas, but a lot of them are like, just very remote places yeah. to where, which they do that to add to the tension of the scene or the setting is because oh, there's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to go. Yep. But in this sort of scene, there are places to go, but it wouldn't help because you need it's it's not going to
0: oh, we can move.
1: The, the demons in yeah. the child. It's not in the house. Yeah,
0: I would love to time travel and, and see this in the theater in seventy three. Yeah, couldn't imagine. My dad tells me stories when he taught. He took uh, one of his girlfriends to go see it, and, mm-hmm. and he had to he had to leave with her because she didn't want to sit in the theater anymore. She was so freaked out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is a movie like that. I couldn't I couldn't imagine. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, something they've never seen before. That's for sure. Yeah. So that's my number one. It's a good pick. Thank you. Pick a classic movie. Hold Ooh, on, that won multiple Oscars. Oh, you did? For your number one? <clears throat> no, no, no. The, the Exorcist. Hey. It's one of the all-time greatest movies ever made. Yeah. That's what I do. It's what you do?
1: <laughs> I, I pick an easy. Yeah. Obvi- no one's gonna argue that number one. <laughs> no, no, no.
0: What am I gonna What am I gonna say? That movie sucks. <laughs> the Exorcist sucks. My number one uh, is in the name of this list. It was no question when we. Yeah. Yeah, it's Halloween. Yep, 1978, not 2018, and not 2007. The Rob Zombie remake, the the white trash, which fucking ruined the whole mystique. Never give Mike Myers a backstory with a childhood. Like, stop it. Yeah, what are you doing? That's what made the first movie so great. Well, that you didn't know that stuff. And before we get into this, Rob Zombie has a
1: horrible habit. Uh, I've seen the Rob Zombie Halloween movies, and i I haven't seen a lot of his movies. But the movies that I have seen, I don't like his characters. Mm -hmm. And you can't—I mean, you can do that, but it it doesn't help your product because you need to have a character that you like. And there's not a single person in that (laughs) movie—it's likable. Like you have a stepdad that's oogling his sixteen-year-old daughter, stepdaughter's ass. And then the mother's like, "Oh, you pervert!" and just like slaps. Him. I'm like, "Really? That 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 that, that yeah? That's it? Yeah." Like all of you people are horrible people. Yeah, that's very um, true. But anyways, yes, Halloween
0: 1970. That's right. Uh, let's listen to this, can we? Just set the mood.
1: No. Banging beats, getting broads. Then we're gonna go trick or treating with the feet and the feet. Uh, stab a bitch in the face. Get your eyes on your blades. Here we go with that.
0: Uh, uh. <laughs> uh, uh, that's good, Jay. I didn't realize you're gonna you're gonna bust a freestyle.
1: Yeah, that was probably the worst. That was terrible.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I I just. I feel weird now. Thank you. Yeah,
1: I, I can only rap, uh, rhyme things with eat.
0: Yeah. Eat. Beat. <laughs> Feet. Beat. Street. Mm. <laughs> Go down the alphabet. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Um, but it's it's the best theme, I th- movie theme, I think. It's my favorite movie theme of all time. At least it's one of the most recognizable ones. But just the music alone is f- what I think of when I think of Halloween. It's... Um, I just love it. It's so good. I can listen to it in the car just because it's mm-hmm. awesome. Uh, John Carpenter did that. He did. Song, yep. He composed it, yeah. I, I just like the whole story of how this movie was made and how low budget it was and how they had no money. Uh, they went down to the street for the Michael Myers mask at the hardware store because mm-hmm. the production designer was like, oh yeah, we need a mask. So he brought back a clown mask and a William Shatner mask. And... John Carpenter said, we're not making a clown movie, so let's, yeah. I guess the shatter mask, do something with it, and yeah. then he just painted it white. Sp- spray-painted white. Right, mm-hmm. he made the eyes bigger, and then he, he spray-painted it white. Obviously, that's a lucky aspect. They didn't consciously say, okay, we're going we're gonna to mm-hmm. have him wear this in XYZ, and it just kind of just happened. But everything after that, the the filming techniques he had in it with the POV to open up the movie, um, the fact that it's set in a neighborhood that I, seems like a neighborhood I grew up in. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, I know that neighborhood. That's my neighborhood. Yeah. Uh which gives it that creepy factor, like, holy shit, this yeah, is this like, could be anywhere. I know, I don't like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh <clears throat> the fact that the killer, you know, Michael Myers doesn't say anything. He doesn't have a personality. You can put whatever you want onto him. Uh Jamie Lee Curtis is great in it for like her first time yep. acting, she's really good. She's like vulnerable and mm-hmm. seems like that girl next door you would care about and root for. Um yeah, she has growth too throughout yeah. the story to where she's not a Billy badass right out the mm-hmm. bat. And yeah. And just the long tracking shots of them walking the neighborhood so you get a sense of like where you are and uh just how spread out it is and where he could be hiding anywhere. Uh the stupid like high school conversations they have in the backdrop is, you know, kinda sets the tone a little bit. Um just the the scenes of him stalking everybody from the little boy that gets pushed to him stalking Laurie. Because I think he doesn't even kill anybody for the first hour. It's just him stalking people Mm -hmm. and popping up out of bushes or whatever and kind of giving you that eerie sensing uh, atmosphere. Yep. And knowing they did all that with like 40 grand with no time, and they were like, uh, hey, John, we need you to, to do a movie about a guy in a mask killing babysitters. And that's what it came out of. It like one of the best movies ever made. Yeah, it's just an awesome story. When you're constrained, <clears throat> that's right. It's when the yep. best comes out. Yep. And Donald Pleasance is awesome. He's fucking awesome. <laughs> I love him. The worst psychiatrist ever. <laughs> he really is. <laughs>
1: yeah, he is. Um, yeah, I I thought about putting this in my top five. The reason why I didn't is because I up until maybe in the past 10 years, I never watched this movie. Mm. And now it's one of those I watch every year. Yeah. And it is. Chrissy is the reason. So she's like, Oh, let's watch Halloween. And I'm like, all right. And it, it's very good. It has that fall feel. Yeah. Like the crispness, crispness in the air, leaves are falling. It takes place in a normal neighborhood. It feels like a fall movie, a Halloween style movie. You have one thing I like in the movie is, when everyone's out trick-or-treating and you have a couple of characters that are babysitting and they kind of feel secluded as far as you know, everything else is going on outside. Um, it's, and I don't even know what I'm trying to say, but it, it, it captures that feeling to where when you're sitting at home and there's trick-or-treaters going on outside, you're yeah. usually watching a movie you're separated from that, but you're kind of a part of it at the same time. Kind of, you mm-hmm. get what I'm saying? I know to what where, you're saying. Yeah. Um, I like that aspect of the movie. Um, Again, yeah, the POV and being able to set the tension with the camera movements and the actual filmmaking as opposed to cheap tactics.
0: Yep. Um, And then coupling that with the music, his score is so good. mm -hmm. He times it perfectly. And then that great shot of when Laurie finds all the dead bodies and then Michael comes in. Out of the Shadows with the, with the white face. It's just an awesome image. I mean, it's like the one of the few perfect movies. I think it's a perfect movie mm-hmm. from start to finish. Uh, it's one of my favorite movies ever made. If I were to make a top 10 list, Halloween might make that list just because I, I like every everything about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and growing up, he was like the scariest thing to me because, uh, I mean, I enjoy like Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street's. And like Child's Play, those Mm -hmm. eighties horror icons, but they didn't really like scare me. Well, because Um, Halloween's real, right? I mean, it could be real. It could be real. It's a dude who escaped from a mental institution who had like issues when he was a kid, and Mm -hmm. like he doesn't say anything, and it's fucking scary. It always scared me as a kid, you know. Because and I think part of that was because the setting of the neighborhood. It it reminded me of my neighborhood, and it could be anywhere. And to me, that always was like Mm -hmm. terrifying. Had that the nightmare
1: quality. Which I think they put in a lot of slasher movies now. Um, this was, Did this come out before or after Friday the 13th? Before. Okay.
0: Is this the first slasher? No. There was the uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Okay. But that wasn't a slasher. Yeah, that
1: was more of they went to the wrong house yes. kind of a thing. Yeah, and wrong place, wrong time kind of thing. Yeah, same thing with The Last House on the Left. Yeah. And... Um, to where I think, as far as like someone who's actually like being a predator and going out, yeah. and killing. I feel like this is probably one of the first. One of the,
0: there was another movie from like seventy one or two. I can't think of it on the top of my head, but that was th- the first masked killer movie. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't as popular as Halloween. Yeah, it's be- Halloween because Halloween was so successful. That's what kicked off. Yeah, and a, and a lot of people took a lot phrase. of
1: tropes from this movie. Like yes. I call it the Nightmare Walk, which you have someone just running trying to get away and then the killer is just slowly walking yes yes like how it happens in your nightmares to where if you're running from somebody yeah but you just can't get away and it doesn't yeah. seem to be
0: and that's another thing he carpenter does so well in this movie he builds the tension like because michael is so slow and laurie's running away and then when she's on the door knocking like let me in let me in she just keeps looking over mm-hmm. and that's He's putting you in the place of her, like you know, the whole time you're thinking, oh, oh, "Is he there yet? Where the fuck is he? Is he you there know? yet? Is he yeah. there yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah." And he's so fucking slow. <laughs> uh, but it's great. Here, let's let's talk. Let's let's see. If, have a little Donald Pleasance here. Yeah, I want some of Donald in my life.
1: I met him fifteen years ago. I, I was told there was nothing left, no reason, no uh, conscience, no understanding, and even the most rudimentary sense of life
0: or death of good or evil right or wrong i met this six-year-old child with this
1: blank pale emotionless face and
0: the blackest eyes the devil's eyes
1: it's great you know what i just remembered what's that from hearing that i was like that sounds a lot like Quint's speech from jaws from jaws (laughs) talking about the shark those black eyes like a doll yeah yeah yeah. i got i got a lot of those yeah but
0: yeah you you notice what he does there like carpenter Mm -hmm. the music comes in like i mean it's just awesome i mean he's really good here's here's the by the way the um let me find it here it ends so well Boogeyman. As a matter of fact, it was. Can't get any better than that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's such a good last line. Anyway, that's my number one. Uh, It's 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 one of my favorite movies of all time, and alone. Halloween movies. It's just uh, one of those perfect movies that I, 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 I love each time I watch it. Never gets old.
1: Yeah, I had that as my honorable mention. I I figured you were probably gonna have it in yours, yeah. and um, and I didn't know if I was gonna have it in my horror list or not. Mm-hmm. Um, just because when I watched it, I wasn't that. It didn't scare me. So okay. I'm gonna be picking movies that scare you. Me. Okay, um, that's fair. And but no, I yeah, it, it feels like Halloween mm-hmm. when you watch it. Yeah, uh, the the setting the um set design the i mean just the weather the yeah. i mean just all the tiny stuff um but hocus pocus i had on honorable mention i do too um yep et the uh but i also had i mean a lot of others that i thought about including just don't even take place in halloween they're just more scary yeah, yeah. films and um
0: yeah i had like all the classic like Nightmare on Elm Street, mm-hmm. I'll watch those, cause, uh, but normally only on Halloween or September going yeah. up to it, and I like Dream Warriors more than the original one, just because it's so goofy and imaginative, yeah. which is what I think of Freddy Krueger. Um, I really like Tales from the Crypt, Demon Night. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Mm-mm. It's got Billy Zane in it. Billy Zane. Billy Zane's in it, and uh, Jada Pickett. It's uh, one of those movies that people just haven't... It came out in 95. Mm-hmm. It was the first like uh, Tales from the Crypt movie that came out. It's just fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's something I'll throw on for Halloween. Pet Cemetery creeps me out a lot. Never just seen the that. mood in that movie is... Christy brought that up to where, oh, have you seen
1: Pet Cemetery? Is like, no. She's like, ooh, we'll have to watch that. Yeah. So. It's pretty creepy.
0: Miko Hughes, the kid who d- is in Kindergarten Cop. Boys have penises. Girls, girls have, have vaginas. Vagina. That was the first thing I thought of. <laughs> He plays the kid in it. It's so tragic because he he dies in a in a car wreck or like a semi truck. Like in real life or no no in, no, in the, the movie. movie. Oh, okay. Because <clears throat> they live on like a busy road yep. and he's like a little five year old kid and he wanders into the, the road and dies. Mm-hmm. Even now thinking about it, it's just a fucking heavy material. Yeah. And then he comes back and it's creepy as fuck, Jay. Just let me tell you. Okay. Uh, Fred Gwynn's in it, the guy who yeah. played the monster. Uh, and he's in uh my cousin Vinny. Yeah, he plays the judge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's good in it. Uh, so that's one I throw on in Halloween all the time. I always, I always watch The Shining, mm-hmm. on Halloween because I can only watch that movie like once a year because it is like. And I, and I
1: thought about that movie because, but I was like, that's more of a winter. Hmm. It's like,
0: it's like a December January movie yeah. <laughs> when you're just snowed in. Yeah, yeah, it is. And I, and I thought of the night before Christmas. Mm-hmm. But that straddles, like, I'll watch that during Christmas, too, if yeah. I want to.
1: Yeah. And and I had trouble because I kept thinking, I was like, what feels like Halloween? Yeah. And, it, like, I was thinking of horror films and everything else. And that's, I think, what made it so tough is, like, well, I don't want to repeat myself when we do the top five horror films. But at mm-hmm. the same time, because that's the only time I really watch those kinds of movies. Um, but it also doesn't, they're not Halloween, they're just horror films. Yeah, they're just horror. Yeah. Um horror. Horror. Uh I thought about Ghostbusters. But Ghostbusters I watch any time of year. Oh yeah, yeah. And I've never associated that with Halloween. I haven't either. Because when I was a kid I watched it so many times it didn't it didn't matter what time of year it was. It was like
0: do I want to watch Ghostbusters? Let's watch Ghostbusters. Let's just watch it now. (laughs) It's pretty good. We'll be right back. Yeah, yeah. And we're back. So still good
1: <laughs> it holds up it holds up great so yeah that's our top five let's uh let's review really quick yeah yeah you're, you're number five go go from your number five to number one
0: we'll do number five casper number four beetlejuice three creep show two trick-or-treat and number one halloween
1: awesome mine number five the crow four casper three donnie darko two sleepy hollow And one, The Exorcist. It's a good list. Yours as well. Stop rubbing my leg. (laughs) You love it. Go higher. (laughs) All right. All right. Uh, Happy spooky October and Halloween and uh, all that good stuff. So enjoy your scary movies, audience people. Mm -hmm. Uh, Join us next time as we review Halloween Ends. Hmm. So that'll be next week. Uh, that comes out this weekend. It does. So we will talk about that. I have not seen Halloween Kills. You haven't. I haven't. It's on I, HBO Max. I
0: think I've seen Halloween 2018. I think you've you've seen that at our our place. Yeah, yeah. I
1: think I have. I might not have like sat all the way through, <laughs> or I think I've saw I've seen the whole movie in two different sittings, kind of. Okay. Thing. So, and I thought it was
0: it's, it's pretty it was good.
1: good. Um. The haven't seen Halloween Kills, okay. Um, but I will watch Halloween ends. Hopefully, I won't miss too much. I'm looking forward to Judy Greer just rocking it in the movie. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I know she dies. In the I was just gonna say. I but, think he's
0: fucking with me right which now. <laughs> the,
1: like, when are they gonna give that lady a break? Like, uh, she never. just needs
0: to be never. Just
1: she's great. Like, yeah. Just she is stop good. killing her off stop her, her having be the best friend or a side character yeah. like, I feel like she could carry a movie yeah um, I,
0: I don't have high expectations for this movie no no well I don't either so uh, that's all right. because I don't like kills at all yeah yeah it's I'll wait I'll, before I'll give you my thoughts I'll, I'll have you watch and see what you think but um, I just had I hope they have more Jamie Lee Curtis in this because I think she's great she needs to be in more of the movie and, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. Okay.
1: I I don't know what I'm going to expect. Based on the trailers, I have a feeling it's going to be like a boxing match almost. It'll just be Laurie Strode versus...
0: Rocky versus Mr. T. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's just going to be... It's just, I feel like it's just going to be those two going at it. I mean, obviously, they'll have other stuff in there, but yeah, I, yeah. I feel like... I don't know, which I hope there's something else... In there, because I hope like, so be,
0: too.
1: I don't know. It's like how many how many times can you do it? But I'm mm-hmm. I'm gonna go in there with an open mind. I I have low expectations. Low well. expectations,
0: open mind. Hey, That's set how... the
1: bar low, and you could easily <laughs> step right over it. That's right. Um, you sure can. But yeah, that'll be next week. Halloween ends. That's right. So, uh, yeah. Uh, don't forget comment on our episodes, write to our email if you have any questions, all that good stuff, and uh, we will. See you next week. Hope you guys enjoyed the show.
0: Until next time, Jay. Until next time, Matt.